1: Everybody and welcome to the Anfield Index preview show. My name is Kay and you might be wondering why I don't sound like Harry Sethi. <laughs> I'm just stepping in and helping him out for today couldn't make the pod. And um, yeah, we'll see where we get to. I I, I hope I don't I don't uh, I don't bring down the standard too much. We know we know Harry likes to keep it really high, but let's see what we can do. It's an interesting time for both teams. We're going to preview the game between uh, Liverpool and Bournemouth. And uh, yeah, let's have a talk. So I've, I'm going to introduce you to the Bournemouth fan first. I have had him on my show before. Um, I, it was it was quite a long time ago now. But please welcome, uh, please welcome Bournemouth fan Peter Bell, also known on Twitter as at Cherry Chimes. Welcome, Peter. How are you?
2: Hi. Uh, nice to uh, be back with you, back here on your show and uh, talking about Bournemouth, of course. It'd be great.
1: Lovely, lovely, lovely. And. Another union of sorts, because I used to have him as regular on, uh, I mean, I don't know, at this point he's regular on every show, but <laughs> I will welcome nonetheless The Guy Drinkle. How are you, Guy? Feels weird, this care. Feels weird. It does weird. feel a bit weird, right? It does. <laughs> Nowadays, I'm just in the background for your pods, so I don't like it. Thought <laughs> <laughs> you got rid of me. Ah, uh, wasn't going to happen. <laughs> We were we were gonna get together in a pod at some point, you and me. We were like the dynamic duo of of Anvil Index, the um Stanley and Ollie Polter oh and Gabbana. This is this is gonna go <laughs> down some weird route. <laughs> All right. Guys, let us start with Bournemouth. I want to ask you for questions there, Pete. While we we, we just keep uh, we just keep things locked onto the Bournemouth topic for now, and we'll, we'll bring Guy in a little bit later. It's always interesting to talk about a Bournemouth season, right? Because it seems like absolutely every season there's a, there's a portion of it where somebody somewhere, and I must say, it's usually the media. It's it's usually the media because I, I I don't know how much they understand about the model and exactly what Bournemouth is trying to achieve. But at some point they suddenly they question Eddie Howe and his methods, and they say you have to be a bit more pragmatic and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know where this is going. And 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 it just seems Bournemouth just keeps on defying him like this, right? I mean, talk to us about the season and, and how it's gone so far. Fan expectations from last season versus how it's going now, and where you guys find yourself on the log. How is that feeling for fans?
2: Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's been a really strange season, but I don't think we ever have a predictable, normal season. Mm. Um, mm. we won, what was it? Uh, well, we had 20 points from the first 10 games, so we got off to a rocket start, but looking at the fixtures, we needed to, because those were the games we really needed to get some points from. Um, because as soon as it got to November, December, that was it. We, we hit all the big boys and, um, really struggled. And And worse than that, we got, Again, we just we just got so many bad injuries. Um, we got Adam Smith was out for about two months, and then um, we got cruciate ligament to Lewis Cook and uh, Simon Francis also got a cruciate um, injury. So um, you know we were struggling with players again in the January window. You know we really needed to buy buy players because um, we were you know right down to the bare bones again. So um, it's been a weird season, but I think. Expectations kind of like got a bit carried away at the start of the season. I think they've modified now. Um, we, we can see that, you know, it, it's a season where, you know, if we can finish in the top 10, that would be a great season. And, um, you know, it, it's, we had a bit of a, uh, a good run in the, the capital, uh, uh, cup, um, the, the league cup or whatever. Um, but, we didn't Carabao. Um we didn't really have a go in the FA Cup, so that was a bit of a dis- disappointment. Um but as season as a whole though I think we have to be happy with where we are, tenth place, thirty three points. We need what another um two wins I suppose to make sure we're we're in the division next year, which hopefully we will be. And I think there's a good chance we could beat, you know, certainly the forty six points that we got in our second season at, um in the Premier League. And I think if we do that then you can't really argue with the season what Eddie Howe's done. Um, but the pundits will always complain. One minute Eddie Howe's being linked with all the jobs in the top six. The next minute they're saying, you know, should has he done all he all he can at Bournemouth, and and should should, should mm. um should he change his tactics or, or whatever? So you know, it's just I think we we are a club that does need a few more players um, of the standard that you know can really move the club on, and that's that's going to take time to do.
1: Hmm well I, I tell you what Bournemouth has been sort of uh, in our minds here a guy who's uh, obviously the, uh, the other fan on this pod but uh, he does the fantasy uh, Premier League podcast as well and I, t- I tell you what there's been some interesting stories coming up play performances from from Bournemouth right I mean we've had obviously the you know Fraser and Wilson we've had Brooke we've had King more recently It's it's been a season where it's sort of feels like looking in from the outside pizza that a, a couple of players have just reached a, a sort of level of maturation and they're putting in some really good consistent performances and delivering week after week it, it is, has that been a sort of natural progression for you or would you agree with that or has it uh, has it sort of burst forward from from what it was have these guys taken a sort of big step forward
2: well i think um a few of the players would certainly take a very big step forward um fraser um was, has been showing form really for the last I would say a year or so, I, I would say probably consistently, C-wise, he's probably been our most consistent player. Um, he's he's you know really started to add goals as well to his game and the assists, he's right up there with the best in the league for the assists. So um, I can't complain about Ryan Fraser. He's been a really good player for us. Um, I would say Callum Wilson is definitely, I mean, it's been the first season where he's had a full pre-season and been able to play as many games as he has, um, you know, without injury. So he's injured at the moment, of course. <laughs> but um, you know, he, he's been getting the goals, and obviously with the England call-up, uh, his his confidence has gone sky high. But he's been getting different kind of goals as well. He's going a lot of headed goals now as well. Um, I mean, the, the goal he scored um, the other day against uh was it? Uh, maybe uh, West Ham, I think, was um, an absolute a bullet one in, into the top corner. And he's really, you know, his, his execution now shooting's really moved on. Um the big surprise has really has been how well David Brooks has done. because um, we only signed him in the summer from Sheffield, um, United and um he's you know, for a player to come in uh, from a championship side into the Bournemouth lineup straight away and become I would say, well even this this month he's won Man- uh, player of the month um and he's won it before as well in, in a couple of other months. Um so he's it's just amazing what he's managed to do at twenty one um he's we're missing him now um he's injured a moment and um i think he's just such an intelligent player he just knows where to find space where to find room and he's', he's um he's again, another one who's quite uh keen on 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 getting his goals as well um and i've I've just been staggered at how good he is and how we managed to land him rather than one of the big six clubs um you know, hopefully we can keep him for a while longer, but um, he, he's going to be a very, very good player. Um, and I would say Josh King has um, finally stepped up. I would say I'd say he's had quite a quiet season really, but I think obviously in the last couple of go- games he's got his goals. And um, I think sometimes he plays better when Wilson isn't in the team. I don't know. He just he kind of likes likes to be the number nine and and have that. You know that responsibility, and I don't think he always gets, you know, so, so much responsibility when Wilson's playing as well. So I think you see the best of King surprisingly when Wilson isn't in the team. So, you know, how that pans out for the rest of the season, we'll see. Mm-hmm.
1: And of course, somebody we I, I didn't mention just because he always seems to put up a performance, and maybe he's gone a little bit unnoticed, it, just in terms of it's not that different from from what we've expected before. But Nathan Ake has. Just again, put in a a pretty good season uh, from an external perspective. There was a bit of speculation, you know. You just jog my memory there, Peter. There was some speculation of of uh, of a top six side coming in and, and taking him uh, off. You guys and I don't know. Is is that is that something that um that you found to 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 be somewhat true? You know, what was there speculation about it? Is this type of thing, especially when it comes to a very hectic First of season like, Is it very distracting for the players for the fans as well
2: um i don't, I can't speak for the players particularly i mean they they um the all the things that Eddie Howe comes out and says about it you know is it's um you know really nice to be to be um sort of associated with that those kind of rumors because he, he says it's flattering and uh, it means that they're doing something right but um I'm sure underneath it all he's not always that pleased when when the rumors come out um, um i I think, for the fans' point of view, it is quite annoying because we don't want to see our best players go. Um, Nathan Akers is definitely one of those. And while you know the the Tottenhams, Man Uniteds, Man Cities may think you know they can uh, just come and pluck them away when when they want, um, which is probably true with the kind of money they can offer. Um, obviously, we you know we would like them to stay at the club for as long as possible um, because it's only by keeping those uh, young, talented players that we can, you know, hope that we to move the club up towards the, you know, the higher reaches of the league. Um, so from a fan's point of view, it's probably pretty frustrating. Um, but we we know how good some of the players are. Um, and I think it, it depends really if, if, you know, uh, bids come in and, and, and they're, they're good value. I mean, there was some silly rumors coming around on, on Wilson for like 17 million or so. And, uh, I thought, yeah, well, if, if a price like that came in, the club would probably think twice about it and think, you know, we could get a couple of Callum Wilsons for that somewhere. So, you know, um, it depends, you know, there is, every player has his price. So if the big clubs do come calling, I'm sure Bournemouth will look at it only, you know, what's best for the club and the player. Um, you know, and if, if that happens to be that, you know, it's time for anyone to move on, then, you know, they'll, they'll go with the fans, uh, you know good wishes because they, all all this all the players that um are being speculated uh, speculated about have been you know have had great seasons for us so we can't really moan that you know that other other teams are looking at them because they're playing great for us
1: mm, mm. It, and it's such a i mean it is such a difficulty now with all the data and stuff that's around to just keep on finding these players that you know constantly deliver and 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 that you can get for relatively decent prices because as you say, it's, the market is just crazy now. I yeah. was I was telling, um I was speaking to my uh, to my girlfriend and I was just saying, oh, you know, this play is like 15 million pounds and she says, whoa, that's a lot of money. And uh, yeah, but you know, that's, that's not a lot of money. It's like, that's a ridiculous amount of money. <laughs> I was like, well, yes, it is, but it isn't. <laughs> it's just gone. It's just absolutely, absolutely crazy. I mean, yeah, I mean, you spoke about fan frustration there, Peter. It's really interesting. We were talking um, after uh, my rate on Hate after the the last match in, in sort of. We were talking about this game at Bournemouth and and about like the the wonderful win you guys had against Chelsea. We uh, that was celebrated here on, uh, you know, on Merseyside as well. If I can use that in, in the <laughs> loosest global terms, yeah, sure. Um, but Liverpool fans celebrated that as well. But It, it, it was lovely to see. Uh, born with you that know, you always have that kind of performance in you and then and just you know i was so shocked to see what happened in the, in the, in the uh, matter of days after that losing to cardiff and it's just just ridiculous i'm not i'm not neil warnock's greatest fan and i am sort of uh, eddie howe's greatest fan <laughs> i just i was almost angry at it you know myself uh we looked into it a bit more and it does seem to be uh quite a variation in your form of home versus away. How has that been this season? How are fans taking that? Has that been like that in previous seasons? Has it been a bit more exacerbated this season?
2: Yes, it's it's been well. I mean, we started off and we were winning away games quite well. You know, um, there was no problem. We beat Watford 4-0. We beat Fulham 3-0. You know, the goals were flying in. And, um, you know, away performances were good. Um, And then, you know, it it came to... um, the real first one, I think, where we really messed up was, um, in November. We played Newcastle and we lost 2-1 away. Um, and since then, we've really struggled with the away form. Um, we haven't won a game. Was it seven games, I think, now away games? So, um, I think the Burnley one as well, early season, got a lot of people because it's a long way to go to get beaten 4-0. <laughs> so that was, mm. that was, uh, pretty harsh on fans. So the away fans have had a pretty raw deal this season and, um, I, thought, I don't know what our ticket sales are like for away games, but it wouldn't surprise me if they're starting to slip a bit. Um, you know, uh, it, it's, it's been pretty dire. Um, and I can't really put my finger... All, all I can say is we, we, lose, we tend to be losing early goals in those away games. And, and we just, like last year, we were the comeback kings of the division. We won more points from comebacks than any other team. This year, that's not... Well, this season, I would say, not this year, but this season, it's not really worked that way. Um, we haven't had so many um, matches where we've recovered from from being behind. Um, so, you know, I'm sure um, Hal's trying to get the team to score the first goal in as many games as he can. Um, but I, th- I think it's a mental thing. It's just, you know, we, he's tried to change things. He's put uh, Boric in goal now instead of Begovic, um, which, you know, I think was um, a surprise to people at the time. but. I mean uh, Boric I think on a you know has come in and and really you know uh you could see that he's he so wants to do well and so wants to not make any mistakes and I would say for the goal so far he hasn't been responsible for any of them so it's been more individual um back four mistakes that we've seen um and I don't know um they're they're really hard to, to cut out um but um I think uh I think that the uh Sort of the, the away form will pick up again at some point. Um, it was a shock to lose at Cardiff, but I think that was a very emotional day anyway. Um, I think, you know, the fans kind of expected it it could be a difficult match for us, even though Cardiff are well much further down in the league. Um, they hit us very much with balls over the top, um, which is something that we just didn't respond to or didn't, uh, didn't manage. Bobby Reed um, over the top was, uh, was really playing well and Murphy for them. And um, we didn't deal with it. Um, So I think when we play Liverpool, they likes to play more through us than over the top. But you know, we'll obviously have to watch the runs of Salah because he's quick behind. Um, And it will be interesting to see how we go against Liverpool because they're they're under pressure as well. But um, it's not the easiest of games to pick for our next away game, that's for sure.
1: And don't talk to us about defensive areas. I I don't want to hear anything about that (laughs) anymore. (laughs) Uh, you were
2: alluding to it a
1: bit earlier, there, Peter. But I mean, with the greatest respect to the current squad, it it, it does feel, and, and I suppose it feels this regularly, just because of the way Eddie Howe plays and the application of his tactics, that you, you know perhaps a higher quality player or or players that can do slightly different things from the current squad mm-hmm. squad is is maybe needed. And the window again delivered once more, uh, Bournemouth going in and getting a few players. You got quite the ex Liverpool contingent now, which, I mean, it, 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 it sort of makes sense though, doesn't it? I mean, if, if Eddie Howe is looking around and looking for the type of profile player of a style similar to his, it, it's sort of ready made. So, um, I mean, this, uh, this window, you guys have pulled in Nathaniel Klein and Dom Solanke, but you've also got two other interesting, uh, players on your books now, Hindman and, uh, and, and Metham. Yeah. yeah. However, how have they been received? What do you think the impact is that they can make? Uh, it's, it, are, are they signings that have excited uh, the Bournemouth faithful? And uh, and yeah, what, what do you think they can do for you?
2: Yeah, well, um, Emerson Hyman um, was bought a few a couple of seasons ago from Fulham. Um, he's just come back on loan from uh,
1: Ah, uh, I see. Okay,
2: from a Scottish team, wasn't it? Um, uh, right, was it? I can't remember who's playing for Hibbs. I think. Um, but he, he's been out on loan basically. He's a young player, central midfield. Um, it always passes the ball well. I, may, I thought maybe his physical, um, you know, uh, uh, stances. You know, his physique is not maybe as big as as some of the players. You know, in the Premier League, and that might have been why um, Eddie was trying to build him up a little bit and give him a, a tough Scottish Premiership to to play in. Um, but I I always actually played him the last game last season against Burnley when we won up there two one and. Um, he he did very little wrong I thought he was a really good player then for us um so it's been a bit of a shame that he hasn't had more of a chance with us um and even even now he's not um since he's been back and I don't think he's been on the bench yet, so um it'll be interesting to see if he gets a chance. Um, I hope he does because I think Emerson is uh you know one, one for the future, certainly um, The other player, Chris Meppham, obviously has been signed from uh, Brentford um, in January. About twelve million pound. Um, he's a Welsh international. He's only played a few games at that level. Um, it's it's interesting to see, you know, who how how he goes for. He's still going for those um, players if he can, you know, that are not necessarily Premier League players, but who he thinks he he can mould into a Premier League player. Um, you can say it's a bit of a risk, um, but. The last one he bought, let's um, say uh, David Brooks has been one of the, I think one of the star players of the Premier League this year. He could well win Young Player of the, of the Year for, the, for a Premier League point of view. Wouldn't surprise me. And um, you know Chris Mappham if he gets a, a go, um, it, it'll be uh, it'll be good to see how he goes. I mean Brentford fans would loathe, I think, to lose him. They they really rated him highly. Um, uh, we haven't seen much of him yet, to be honest. Um, so you know it, it's it's difficult to know. You know, whether a lot of the speculation came around of Ake because they thought we bought him, maybe we'll be releasing somebody. But I think, um, Hal's looking for, you know, the next player to play, whether it's, it's going to still be Steve Cook next season or whether, um, you know, Mepham can challenge him for that place next to Ake, we'll, we'll see. Um, I, I, I perhaps would have liked to have seen a signing who was more experienced, but, you know, if, if Mepham is a, you know, is, turns out to be as good as brooks was then you know you can't argue with that kind of recruitment um when they you know because they cost the club less money um you know and and uh we can develop him you know being a young player in, in a style that suits the club so um sometimes if you brought by bringing a more experienced player they don't fit so well but saying that we've also got we brought in um nathaniel klein as you know on loan as well right back and he he's been I've been really impressed with him because he's just, you know, perfect professional. And how Liverpool can uh, let him go to a club like us, I can't quite work out. I'm really pleased they have, though, because he's the kind of player that we need to try and get. If we can get him in the summer, that'll be fantastic. Don't tell Neil
1: Warnock, mate. Don't uh, go into (laughs) that.
2: Oh, poor old Neil. (laughs) 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 He's just reliable and, you know, he tackles hard, he gets up and down, he just does the basics right. And that's, that's what we need, probably another player next to Aki who does the base. I, I'm, I'm probably sounding like I'm getting on Steve Cook's, books back because, um, you know, he's been with us for several seasons, done a great job. Um, just now and again, he just comes up with the individual mistakes as we saw at Cardiff. That was a bit unfortunate, but, you know, we, we expect two or three a season from him. And I suppose, you know, if the club's going to really improve, we're going to have to really stop, stop those mistakes. And I, I think the back four, you know, we still let, laying a lot of goals this season um, you know, for however good we are going forward, you know, we've got a minus goal difference in minus seven, so um, you know the goals have been going in against the big teams and some of them, you know, are pretty soft, so we need to do something with the back four and I think, you know, even though we've got great players going forward, House still really hasn't managed to sort out the defence to, to the standard they'd really like to get to and I think that's maybe what's also held off the big clubs coming in for Eddie Howe, which I don't mind. So <laughs> it's kind of like you know what? What do you want? You know, if we were if we were if we were up there battling for a top six place, then we know that Eddie Howe would be you know a likely target and most of our players as well. So I think you know where we are is great, and what, what how the club is developing is good, and um, you know, Long Met continue like that.
1: Hmm. I can only second that, yeah. I mean, let's talk about the defence now because,
2: I mean, Peter, it's a really
1: interesting prospect, right? You've got Liverpool on one side stuttering and looking, uh, as some take to say, maybe a little bit nervous and you don't know how they're going to react to what you're going to put out of the field and Eddie Howe has got a bit of a decision to make there, right? If the forward play is working out so well and the defensive play is not working out that well, is it worthwhile for him to sort of put more emphasis on that, have a go at Liverpool and and see what he gets on, you know, on the other end is it, it is an away game and it is mm-hmm. Liverpool. And you know, then do you, do you put maybe more emphasis on controlling the game? I've had a look at your forums a little bit and a, a few of the fans are sort of having a look at setting up with three on uh, three at the back. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an interesting, it's, you know, it's an interesting setup. And uh, I mean, I, I I think that might be a, a personnel thing as well, more than anything else. But talk us through that. Uh, let's look at the game. How are you guys setting up for the game? You seem to have a couple of players out. Of course, I think, I think Nathaniel Klein can't play as part of his... Yeah. Uh,
2: which team. I made a big mistake of today because I thought, oh, he'll, he'll revel And then suddenly he goes, oh, no, he's a lone player. And a lot of people told me within 10 minutes I had about 20 emails. Saying, not available. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> so I had to change
2: that quickly. <laughs>
1: Yeah, trust, you can trust Twitter to that, to get on your you back. So
2: you're going to be told off very quickly if you make a mistake. <laughs>
1: but yeah, you, you do seem to have a couple of injuries. How might that affect you guys and and your approach to the game? How do you think Eddie Howe will look at it and set up?
2: Um, it's an interesting one. I mean, the three at the back. I hadn't against some of the big teams. He has played three at the back. Um, and and sort of you know filled the midfield with five players, but um. I have a feeling that he'll still go four four two as it were. Um, I think um Adam Smith is likely to play right back and he'll probably put Charlie Daniels in at left back and you'll still have um Cook and uh Ake as central defenders, um and Boric and goal. So that, that'll be the back line as far as I can see. I mean if he if he did go three at the back you'd still have Ake and Cook uh, and it would be one others and I, I think Daniels would be the m- most likely it would be Adam Smith that might miss out then, but uh he might be put it into midfield as well to make the extra man in midfield so there's another decision to make in central midfield because Lerma came back last match in the second half against Cardiff, so he's fit again now um and at the time Gosling was taken off, so maybe Dan Gosling misses out, and we may have sermon and Gosling in uh, sermon and Lerma in midfield, or um you know he may may just keep Gosling there. we don't know um that that's another. Is another one, but I think the forwards probably stick. There's uh Fraser's definitely going to be on the left, um, on the right wing. Stanislas didn't have a great game last game, but the the choice is whether he plays Jordan Ibe. You know, I mean, Jordan Ibe's had a long, long time to, to really you know make that place his, and he hasn't on the right wing. Mm-hmm. and Brooks has come in and take, stolen it from him. Unfortunately, he's injured now, so it's really between Stanislas and Ibe. Um, but I think. Um, Eddie Truss uh, Jr. to to be the the, the more uh, reliable and I think he'll pick him against Liverpool um, and up front he's going to have to play Solanke and uh, King I'd say because um, you know that that's the option he has uh, Mousset hasn't really stepped up you know well enough to to get that start I mean he played brilliantly in the, the League Cup against Chelsea um set but since then we haven't seen that kind of form from him when he's come on for games. Nor that he ever gets that long, you know. So it's difficult mm-hmm. for him, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But um, the the big decision I think would be more in cent, central midfield, and and I, I think whether uh, whether to move Adam Smith back to the right right back position, which I think he's going to have to if he plays for the back, and then that means Daniels would would more than likely come in at left back rather than uh, Diego Rico, because he's another summer, summer signing, Diego Rico, who's um played a few games for us but again hasn't really found it easy to fit into Bournemouth yet um you know and I think being a foreign player as well probably a little bit tricky for him um you know it, it's uh it, it just shows you again for me just how good you know David Brooks has to be able to do it and come in and and, and have a starting place um it's, just, it's a shame that not every signing can do that I mean Chris Meppen might have to wait a little while before he gets a start um but I wouldn't think, I'd love to see him have a go, but I think against Liverpool it's the wrong team to put Mepham in straight away. It's, it's too much of a jump, um, you know, uh, so so I'm sure he'll get a chance before the end of the season, but uh, I think it's too big a risk to put him in against Liverpool. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I tend to agree with you. Just it does seem like Eddie Howe uh, does take the new players sort of under his wing, build them up over time, and uh, not throw them into a situation which he's not quite sure that uh, that they can handle. He's more worried about the longer term development than than right right now. Um, Is it uh, before we move on to Liverpool? Is is it how do you guys uh, see the game? Because you're a top ten team now. You you're hanging around there and. playing a team in the in the top 6 as you say is it is it still does it still feel like a free hit or is it is it something where you guys are looking to more measure your performance and your progress um over the, the not just this season but maybe previous seasons as well now
2: yeah i mean you know i don't think i think not that many uh, teams have actually taken points off liverpool at home so you know it would be um a bit silly of us to think we can just turn up and win and put on a great performance like we did against chelsea at home but um, you know, we'll try and keep it tight, try and, you know, nullify Liverpool and try and hopefully, you know, let the pressure build on them because if they, if they're not ahead by half time, then, you know, the pressure's all on them really, not on us. Um, you know, we're, we're not, you know, um, safe as I say yet, but, you know, we, we're in the top 10. We, you know, Liverpool is a game that we're not expected to win. Um, but, you know, on our day, you never know. We we could just could surprise them, and um, they're not, you know, in the best of forms themselves. Because I think mainly because of the pressure they're under, um, where they where they are. And I hope they go on. To be honest, I do hope they go on and win the league. But um, and I'd be quite upset. I was saying to one of the other websites, the Liverpool website, if um if they lose the the league by. Two or three points, and we happen to beat them this weekend. I'll be quite <laughs> upset, actually, <laughs> that we we're the ones that deprived them of uh, getting the title. But um, no, I hope they go and do it. Um, but you know, it's asking a lot for us. I think if we can get away with a you know a defeat that's only two two nil or something like that, and and we've had some good performances, then Eddie Howe won't be too you know he would have loved to win up there. But I don't think he can really expect us to do. You know, miracles up at Anfield. Not all this. Not we're looking at the injuries we've got and and the the gaps he's trying to fill at the moment. Um, you know, we'd, we it could be a bit of a damage limitation job. I think this one, uh, especially after what happened, you know, at Cardiff. I think obviously you'd like to probably say you know have a go at the players. You know, say, you know, we need to do better in away games because looking at <laughs> the results of the last seven has been awful. But you know, you to also put that against who you're playing against. It is Liverpool? They are, you know. If not the best team, one of the two best teams in the league, and you know we're we're going to be really tested, and he knows we're going to be tested, so it's going to be defense is going to be the priority, I think. All right,
1: well, thanks very much, Peter. Hang around, okay. uh, we'll talk to you. Just at the end of the pod, I'm going to, uh, we're, we're going to start talking all things Liverpool just now with Guy Drinkle. All right, let's talk all things Liverpool now. Guy Drinkle is on standby. Guy, we have had some recent form, and it hasn't been up to everybody's liking, right? There has been some real fatalism from some of some of the fans. I it would be completely a lie if I didn't say that I wasn't like really upset and angry, especially after the last result. But the, the, how is it? How has it gone down for you, guy? How are you responding to all this? Because. Couple of people are saying that, you know, that's it. The title is lost already, which, which might seem you know completely ridiculous to people because we are still three points ahead. But I'm not, I'm not here to, to sort of tell people that that's, you know, utterly and completely wrong because we know the history of Liverpool and we've all been here and that, that sort of stuttering and stuff like that. It's sort of, you know, you want, you want us to get it out of our habit, right? You, you want us to not make a habit of it, but it's there and. Some of the fans are feeling that kind of way. It's just we are ahead and we are three points ahead. You know, we still have a lot to play for. It's not like it's not like we've fallen behind. But what's your take on all of that?
0: Um it's weird. Obviously there's people who are pretty much saying we're still going to walk the league, I've probably seen less of them in, in recent times as Obviously, the ones you mentioned, where I mean, you've seen some people borderline wanting clop out." I'm not sure if they're genuine people or opposition. <laughs> I've fan. seen one message. Uh, like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Sometimes you got to check if it's an opposition fan or something, don't you? Yeah. It's um. I'm kind. For me personally, I'm kind of in the middle. Where I I wouldn't say sane, but you're kind of slightly damaged by 13-14, so you're kind of apprehensive. Of what's coming, but like you're not giving up yet. If you kind of get what I mean, I mean we're obviously three points clear. Man City, you're going to beat Everton soon. I mean, we're recording on the Wednesday. I think it kicks off in a couple of minutes. Actually, and it's probably going to be one nil soon <laughs> because, let's be <laughs> honest, Everton aren't going to do us a favour. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think as a fan base, we are scarred, especially probably the younger generation. I mean, we, our, our title experiences are thirteen, fourteen, where we screwed that up. Hugely and oh eight oh nine um where we should have won um but we slipped up against teams like Stoke, etc. And um yeah I mean th- this what this one still feels different. This feels like there's a better core there and there's a bit more of a squad, even though that's really been tested in these last two games, and that's probably the worrying sign is We've had all these ill players, whether it's Andy Robertson, and James Milner, uh, Ginny, and Henderson have obviously been injured, which will come on, to, I imagine. Um, and we're still not using the squad. And um, I know we really don't have any options at right back, but we could still use we could, still could have used Camacho. if Robo was that bad to put in two bad performances, which for Andy Robertson means he must be really ill. <laughs> I mean, we could have used Moreno. Um, if Firmino's ill, I mean, he's played like he's been ill, so <laughs> we could have used storage. I mean, I don't think the drop-off's that huge, but the games are that important, you can't really risk it. And the fact that our schedule is pretty easy congestion-wise, not quality team-wise, but obviously we have gaps between our games until the Bayern Munich game, there's not really a reason to rotate unless... They are ill, but only the people at the club know how actually ill they are, I suppose.
1: Mm. Mm. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about our squad depth there because there is a... You're right, Guy. There's an issue with the way we use the squad. I I think it's a good way to put it. The real versus the perceived squad depth, right? Because at the beginning of the season, we were all talking about, oh, this this might be our best squad ever. We've got cover in every position and everything. Everything's gone fine, notwithstanding. I mean, I know uh, Peter was talking about the injuries that Bournemouth have. Liverpool has its share of injuries as well. Uh, you've just mentioned a couple there. I was, I was a bit thrown last game when you know both Hendo and Genie are just not mm. available for selection. On top of the defensive crisis we've got going on, really there. But I mean, it, it is what you're saying. Moreno is essentially a spectator at this point. He's just got the best seat in the house constantly. Dom Solanke wasn't getting a look in. Daniel Sturridge is not really used as you know much of an option uh, there. It, it, it's, a difficult, it, it's a difficult situation for those players. They're not used very much. They look very good. Uh, Daniel Sturridge has a couple of applications. right? He can be a striker. He can even be used as a number 10, which he was used in the beginning of the season. But we haven't seen that really again. We've got Albi Moreno, and you're thinking, well, we've got this fullback situation, which we'll talk about just now, but... Could we use him in some way? Could somebody be? Could one of our left footers be put up on that right side just to just to cover the squad and have our midfield a bit more stable? But no, not really. You know, with these situations? What what do you think it is? It is our perceived squad depth that we have that that we had as fans at the beginning of the season? Is that the reality of the situation?
0: Um, I didn't think the squad depth was all that great in the beginning, if I'm honest. Um I mean Klein going out to Bournemouth, I think was a mistake. Um but as we should obviously saw in the first half of the season, Klein was behind um James Milner as the backup right back any- or the third choice right back anyway. Um so that that's a strange one. Um obviously the fan theories continue of what, what the hell Nathaniel Klein did to Jurgen Klopp. Um but I, I don't think the squad depth was all all that great. I mean it looked better at the start of the season because we were using storage for example. He obviously mm. played an important part in the PSG game, the Chelsea game um around that time when Bobby Firmino got injured or I think he took out in the Spurs game, didn't he? Um and and it looked a bit better there because Shakiri was firing. He looked like he had a new lease on life compared to his Stoke days where he was he was he was slowly becoming the Swiss Charlie Adam. <laughs> um, it's um, but now, now post Christmas, right back looks shot because of obviously Gomez getting a big injury and Trent getting a, a, a couple of minor injuries. And um, but that's the that's the thing with our squad. Even if you just look at it on paper. Um, Okay, I mean the centre back situation. We've got four centre backs. That should be enough, maybe with one youngster as well. But three of our centre backs are made out of crackers. Mm. (laughs) Literally made out of wet toilet paper. Um, and it's that that's kind that's kind of the concern for me. We have so many injury prone players, regardless of regardless of equality. I mean. uh, Lover and whatever side of the argument you're on, nobody can, die. <laughs> yeah. uh, de- um, nobody can uh, deny that he has a horrendous injury record, and you can't rely on him, I don't think you can rely on in quality-wise anyway, but same with Matty, in both ways for me, and I don't think Joe Gomez is there yet, because he's had big injuries rather than stupid little um, annoying ones, but I mean, I know we're looking ahead into the future, but next season... Would you really want Gomez? Like, I love Gomez. I think Gomez was our best player until he got injured. I thought he was better than Van Dyke this season before he got injured. But, I, you, you, you kind of get into that stage where you can't rely on these players anymore, and it's a real shame. And I don't think John Gomez being the back, right back helped, but I know I'm kind of waffling here about squad depth, but maybe apart from midfield where we had quite a lot of options, and obviously we started playing two in midfield, so the options became Bigger, but I still think we're light in in attack and defence, especially and possibly even midfield, especially attacking midfield. But obviously, Ox is coming back next season or at the end of this season, whatever. But um, yeah, I think we're definitely still light defensively and attacking wise. Because attacking wise, um, as I said, Shakiri's gone off the boil, and now we're playing the front three pretty much 95% of the minutes and Mm. we're seeing mixed form obviously Mane has patchy spells and he's just come back into form Salah last couple games hasn't really got involved at all but for me the biggest worry now seems to be Bobby Firmino who's gone off the boil again I mean him and Mane seem to take turns being bad it's um, Mm. just a bit of a shame at the minute and we can't really take them out because Sturridge has not played since but or not started a Premier League game since Burnley, which was before Christmas if I remember correctly. And when he comes on now, I mean he gets like ten minutes and we expect him to like bring the game to life like he did against Chelsea. It's not it's just not gonna happen. You have to you have to give these these players a bit of bit more time than five minutes here or there and it's a I think that's one of the criticisms and it's a weird criticising the manager who's got us top. But it's one of the criticisms that the squad players just aren't really get involved, and when, when they are relied upon, like we've seen in these last couple of games, they just can't really do anything.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, Yeah. Uh, let's talk about... I mean, w- w- that's one part of it, I think. The fact that uh, it's very interesting what you're saying, that the squad players have maybe not got that quality. Um, for whatever reason, maybe they just haven't played enough, or, or maybe it's inherent quality that they sort of don't have relative to the uh, the plays that they're replacing. But certainly, like, the fullback situation, the defensive situation... I mean, Klein going off to Bournemouth just looks an absolutely incredible decision now, <laughs> given, <laughs> given you know, how we're mm. playing at, at, at fullback. The fullback situation seems to destabilise us quite a bit, right? It, it seems, in addition to what you're saying there, maybe it's affected our general play, but uh, w- what seems to have happened is that midfield, as you're saying, it's just becoming a bit of, like, this sort of really open uh, part of our play, right? It's too easy to sort of uh, come through it, even with players who should be playing, you know, pretty well they and have pretty well there uh, up till now. In, in in this previous game, sort of Fabinho put in a sort of good but not great performance. He was there but he got, you know, the people got mm. past him a couple of times. Keita had to grow into the game. You know, who steps up in that midfield position? What do we do? Because that looks like, at at the current time, an easy way to get Right at Liverpool's defense, right at the weaknesses there, especially at the uh, injury crisis uh, that we have has created. You know, Catter is just starting to settle down. He looked like he was coming right in, the, you know, a little bit in that previous game. Uh, he's taking a, a, a bit of risk. Gags was saying on his second watching of the game that Catter looks far better. You know, outside of the emotion of uh, of the initial watching, um, it's still his settling period. How far is it for you? You know, what, or more generally, what happens in the midfield? What needs to change? How do we get that, that function up and running and working properly again? Um, for me, obviously, we, that's probably the position,
0: if everyone's fit, is where we rotate the most. Obviously, we've seen, mm-hmm. bar the start of the season, we seem to change that position every game. Um, and I think, I don't think it's caused us a problem. Before these last two games, I thought it was working fine. Everyone was kind of getting set minutes, um, or a decent amount of minutes. But since the busy December period, I mean, even before that and during that, I think we've seen players go off the boil a bit. Like James Milner, he started the season brilliantly. But I think he had a couple injuries and we've seen this in the past. After Christmas, James Milner just seems to get broken or after a certain amount of minutes because he did, like last season, he got better in the second half of the season, but he didn't really play in the first half. So I think Milner is a worry. I know he's kind of a utility man at the minute and he's playing right back, but he's kind of become less of an option because he seems to go off the boil after you've played him so much. Um, Henderson had his best spell of form in December and obviously he's kind of been injured this year and played right back and <laughs> didn't do too well in my opinion um but for me you just got to build round um Ginny who I mean somehow we injured him I, I don't know how we did that <laughs> but we've done it um I think you got to build round Fabinho for me Ginny's been brilliant this season but Ginny is limited in what he can do to in in uh, impact the game he is you can't press him and he keeps the ball well but he's not going to take over a game he's not going to do the killer pass he's not going to make that killer run obviously he can if you play him a bit further forward and he's having one of them games we saw that like Roma last year for example but this season he seems to be that safeguard player who just a bit boring and um he, he just does his job whereas I think you look at the two new lads, Keita, as you said, has been settling in. Bit of a mixed performance these last two, but I think we've seen promising signs there. And for me, Fabinho, since he's been part of the rotation, he's been the best midfielder by a mile for me. So I think we've got to have um Fabinho and Ginny as the base, and then if we're playing 4 3, three um, mix it about with Care and Henderson, depending on the game. So I think that we just got to get some consist- consistency in the selection and... Fabinho, Fabinho, Ginny and then one more. I think that's how you got to look at the team sheet from now on. And I know Klopp won't do that because he loves, he loves his Brexit midfielder, sweet as we've termed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but um, obviously, we got the wild card of Lallana in there the other day. But needs must, I suppose. But um, I, if if everyone's fit, Fabinho and ginny has got to be the way to go for me.
1: Yeah, interesting. I would, I would agree with that. Just to. Just to start off with that level of control, we just seem to be lacking that at the moment. Speaking of control, guy, it's going to be interesting because Liverpool have struggled more recently. I know we have to take into account, you know, a number of issues. There was that icy pitch. There was, you know, we, we are in the midst of, of, of a real injury um, sort of crisis period at the moment. But if we take a look at the teams Liverpool have struggled against recently, it seems to be like just well organized. Uh, teams especially in a defensive sense sort of defensively well drilled right and Bournemouth is also well organized but in like a different way okay so like we have a, a good open attacking system versus you know those low blocks encounter and you know those low blocks encounters have been employed by like Leicester, mm-hmm. played by West Ham, uh, Burnley, uh, Crystal Palace you know recently that kind of stuff. Will Will we look at Bournemouth and think of this as an it's a sort of easier system to deal with if I if I can call it something like that. And is that a good or a bad thing for us in our approach to this game?
0: Um I think it can be a bit of both. And as as you said, Bournemouth aren't this old style type of manager where you sit back and put twenty men behind the ball and hit it to a big man. And I think it can be a, a good and a bad thing, to be honest, Care. Um it's <laughs> Bournemouth on paper are the perfect opponent for us. They obviously don't sit back. They don't have a an old style manager like you, Sam Allardyce's or Alan Pardew or whatever, etc. Who, who can frustrate you? Um, Eddie Howe um, obviously plays in an attacking style, and that's why everyone likes Bournemouth. That's why Bournemouth people second teams, and um, yeah, I think I think it in a, in terms of being good at it, as I said, perfectly set up for us. But in terms of bad. The expectations are going to be raised, obviously coming off the back of two bad results. And, um, the expectations will be to bounce back and bounce back in style against Bournemouth because, um, two bad results, we do need to bounce back. And Bournemouth are the perfect team to do so, especially stylistically. Um, so yeah, I think it, it can be a bad and a good thing.
1: Mm, yeah, yeah, no. That's, that's going to be interesting to watch before. Why bring Peter back in? Guy, what do you think is going to happen differently for this game? Did you, did you predict any changes in terms of personnel, in terms of approach from Klopp? Um,
0: yeah, and terms changes, I'd probably say Ginny will come back because, well, he plays all the time and, and probably rightfully so. Um, then the question is, hmm, is, is, are we going to bring back Henderson? Just to put in the captain, obviously, as, as we mentioned throughout the midfield, is a bit of a a struggling position or a bit of a change position. But I, if Henderson's been injured, and obviously he's had a history of injuries, I'd rather him have the full break. And um, I'd, I'd just go Ginny um, for being your, and, and Cater, if we're going to play for 3 3 again.
1: All right. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right. Guys, I'm going to bring you both in for for this one. Let's talk about opposition players. Who on the opposition team are you especially worried about? Uh, Peter, I'll start with you. For Bournemouth, uh, who are you most worried about?
2: Yeah, all the 11 players that are starting, I think, for Liverpool. (laughs) (laughs) Can I choose the 11 for them? (laughs) I'm sure they've got some junior players they want to try out. (laughs) Um, Yeah, well, the the usual three at the front, obviously... um, Salah, Mane, and Firmino are going to be uh, uh, eager to score goals. Um, you know, I, I, I think what I've really been uh, impressed with them is uh, Robinson, the uh, left back, isn't it? Mm. Uh, he's he's um, you know a great player. Um, I know he was he played well for Hull, but the way he's come on, I think Liverpool has just been tremendous. And um, you know, we, we we have to try and keep him. Uh, Hold him back, but, um, you know, his delivery is really good, and I think that'll be one of our main problem areas, not not only the front three, but, um, especially him. I don't know if, um, I, I did hear that there may be a, a chance, maybe I'm completely wrong, of, um, uh, Trent a- on, uh, Alexander Arnold uh, coming back in. Is he not, is he almost ready to play for him again? I don't know. Um, oh, well, that, that could be a problem if he is. <laughs> so, um, you know, I mean, they've got, I know um, if Milner plays there or whatever, right back, you know, he's experienced. So, I mean, they've got great players everywhere. Um, you know, even in midfield, we, we hopefully have got Lerma back who can try and slow down some of their central midfield play. But, you know, um, wherever you look, you know, they've got quality. So, um, I don't think we'll be singling out any particular player. It'll be just, you know, everybody trying to watch the gaps and uh, watch the runners um, for the whole 90 minutes plus. Yeah.
1: I think it's going to be interesting. I, I'm interested to see how Eddie Howe approaches his midfield, especially in terms of maybe getting an overload in there because it might be one of the places he thinks that uh, you can sort of control Liverpool. Guy, what do you think? Uh, you, you're looking at that we, You know, midfield might be an issue. Obviously, the fullback position, the right fullback might be, might be an issue. Who on the opposition uh, team are you uh, particularly looking out for?
0: You have to look at Ryan Fraser. Um... Directly up against um, James Milner, most likely. I mean, if Trent's back, please, love a god, please be back. <laughs> 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 I've missed having a right back. Um Yeah, it, Fraser directly up against Milner. I think we've seen obviously Zaha destroyed him, uh, got him zen off and stuff like that. Um, wasn't too bad yesterday, but I don't or Monday, I should say. Um, but. <sighs> I think West Ham wasted an opportunity there because when Anderson was up against Milner, he did well, but they seemed to move him all about the pitch, and it didn't really do. To, it didn't really help mm. them that much. Um, but I mean, Fraser, I think he's still got the most um, big chances created or something in the league, and that's kind of a worry because I, I know Wilson uh, pro- probably out, um, but Josh King is still a threat. And, and I mean, football loves stories, doesn't it? And if Dom Sylanki comes. Scores against Liverpool. I mean, a big cross <laughs> from the a big cross from the left is probably where you'd expect it from, isn't it?
1: Mm. I don't like. I don't guy.
0: You're terrified <laughs> now, aren't
1: you? <laughs> I'm jinxed it now. I yeah, you. you've got a jinx. <laughs> how, how do you
2: how, how do you guys rate Solanke? What do you think of him? Um, I
0: think he needed to go to the Championship before a Premier League move, if I'm honest. yeah Think he's kind of got to play with men before boys because he's obviously sparkling at under twenty one for England and all that. But when he played for us, he he worked hard as hell, but there was just not much there. Mm. But um, I think there's still a player there, but he might. I I think it's a better deal for Liverpool than Bournemouth, if I'm honest.
2: I would have gone for Regi myself, but they, yeah, yeah that'd had a dead choice. Sense.
1: But... Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Origi came on the last game. I was a bit shocked at how well he's done considering how few minutes he's gotten. Um, but there yeah, maybe, maybe somebody else we, we need to move on because he's they're good players. You know, they're good players and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very much against the notion of like keeping them in, in a stable <laughs> somewhere where they don't play. I mean, <laughs> they, sure. they have to go and, uh, and progress their careers and, um it, it it's it really it does my heart good to know that they've gone to good clubs like, like Bournemouth and you know that kind of thing to develop themselves. I love Eddie Howe and love the approach he takes to development, so so that's pretty good. But yeah, I mean since since Guy has jinxed our result now, Peter Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's your prediction for the game? What do you think the score line's gonna be?
2: Oh, uh, I still think they're gonna be too strong for us, I'm afraid. We just got too many players out. Um if we'd have had um Brooksy back um, I think, you know, it would be more difficult, but I think, um, you know, the best we could hope for is a draw. And I think probably a 2-0 defeat is going to be, um, more than likely at least on the cards. Hopefully not too many more. But I think, sadly, for, for once, I have to say Liverpool really should win this one.
1: What you need to do, Pete, is you need to have a chat with Eddie <laughs> and allow us to score a very early goal. And, uh, and and then what happens is is you score at some point later, and then and then that's how the game ends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: was... I, won't be, I won't be too upset if if Liverpool go on and win a championship. So uh, if they win the league, so um, you know, um, we we there's other games we need. I think about five more wins this this year and a couple of draws to get to that fifty point mark. And I think that's our target. If we can hit fifty points, fans will be happy with that. Wherever that, wherever that is, it's going to be in the top 10. So, um, you know, 50 points is our goal. And I think, you know, there are there are easier games where we can pick up points than at Liverpool. But obviously, we'll try our best. They'll try their best. You never know. No, for sure.
1: Maybe for a dodgy sure, penalty we
2: or something.
1: <laughs> 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 oh, and for you, Guy, what are you expecting from the game in terms of scoreline?
0: I've given up on clean sheets, Kerr. <laughs> uh, I can't That's remember. I, I can't remember them, so I'm gonna go free one.
1: All right, I'll just take getting back to some kind of winning way. I, I'll, I'll be happy with that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's about time for us to log off, and go watch the city game, uh, I suppose um before we go i'd like to throw the floor open you guys want to do some plugs peter what have you got going on tell the tell the people where they can find you on twitter and uh and about all your blog and everything you've got going on with cherry chimes
2: all right yeah you can uh visit me on twitter at cherry chimes um and uh even if you go on uh on the website it's just um www.cherrychimes.com we'll get you there um at the moment uh we do have arrival lines with a I won't say which one, but a Liverpool uh, website where um, they they'll answer some of my questions ahead of the game, and I'm doing the same for them. So you'll see that on the site, but I won't give them a free plug on your show. So. <laughs> um, and uh, hopefully, uh, we can uh, we can write up do some good reports on the on the uh, on the, uh, re- the match as well from from Saturday. Um I think it's going to be a, a really good game, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Even though um, you know, I'm uh, maybe not that. Uh, hopeful of the result I think the game itself two really exciting teams who like to go and play attacking football so um, and the crowd's always good at Anfield, so I'm sure it'll be a really good occasion
1: yeah I, I think all Liverpool fans are now just having this mixture of excitement to 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 watch the next game along with the dread of of the pressure of the title chase with you but uh, you're absolutely right I, I always look forward to these games I uh, love way Bournemouth play and, uh, and enjoy uh, watching what, uh, what Jürgen Klopp uh, does against, uh, against that kind of system. For you, guy, what have you got going on? Articles, podcasts, man of mystery, day jobs.
0: Oh, God. Art- <laughs> articles? Jesus, no. <laughs> uh, anyone who's in a WhatsApp group with me knows why I don't do articles. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, just face off for me this week, I think. Um, yeah, we just, we covered the West Ham game. Unfortunately, we didn't have a West Ham fan on. But, um, we, well, we kind of, Jay kind of went off on one on Lalana, which I thought was a bit harsh. But, yeah, if that's your thing, that's the pod for you. But we did, we had it. <laughs> we had a good chat about the West Ham game and it covered it quite fairly, I think. Uh, even I stuck up for Lalana. Kind of. <laughs> which is kind of weird for me. But, um, yeah, just the other plug. Uh, I'm, we're trying to get one up. Um, a bit more active, so we'll be doing a few more shows in the week. If you want to follow that on Twitter, it's at 1up underscore AI for video games and stuff like that.
1: Nice, yeah, do check those out. As for me, I do have a plug. Since I'm on Harry's show, I'm going to be cheeky and plug my pod, Rate Don't Hate. We do it like basically the day after every game. We compare the ratings uh, mostly of AI writers Tom Holmes and Adam Petruccione against uh, various media ratings and, of course, the ratings of our own the Next Pro subscribers. It's a, it's a lovely show, and if you're lucky, at the end you get to uh, listen to a joke, which is the worst joke <laughs> Guy has ever heard in his entire life, oh every single time. <laughs> So please check that out if you if you uh, if you get a chance. Thanks very much, listener. It was lovely being back with you guys again on this side. And um, yeah, take care of yourself. Until we see you again, uh, have a lovely time up the Reds, and bye bye. Sports
2: Social Podcast Network.